Welcome to the home of the blessed people, and here is our host pastor, Pastor Dayo Ademo. It's an experience, and also the baptism of the Holy Spirit is an experience. Praise God. Now, some believers have received that, some haven't. Praise God. So, in the indwelling presence, we thank God. The Bible says in the book of uh, John, chapter 14, 16, and 17. Can you put it on this slide so that we can read that? We saw that Jesus promised the indwelling presence. He said, and I will pray to the Father that he shall give you another comforter, that ye may abide with you forever. He's going to abide with you what? Forever. Verse 17. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because he seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. It shall be in me, the indwelling presence of God. We see that promise. At this time Jesus was promising this, the disciples were not yet born again. They walked with Jesus, but they have not had the born again experience. What is the born again experience? Now pay attention, because this is what many people need to understand. You can be walking around Jesus, but you are not born again. Hallelujah. You might have been in church all your life. You are not born. You might have been serving Jesus. You are not born again. The disciples up to this point were not saved. They were not born again for two reasons. Why? The, 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 the redemption price haven't even been paid. Praise God. So you can see why some people, they can sing in the choir. They might be armor bearers. They might be ushers. They might be, they might be in the technical team. They might be in the ushering team. Not in this church anyway, okay? Praise God, so that everybody can. Praise God. You can be everywhere, serving, doing one thing or the other. Praise God. But you are not saved. Judas was still here. He wasn't saved. Praise God. But Jesus gave a promise that, look, this thing is going to take place in your life. I'm going to release something to live on the inside of you. <laughs> Praise God. Oh, it's good. He will be in you. That's what verse 17 says. The Holy Spirit will be where? In you. Praise God. I love this. Jesus promised the disciples the indwelling presence. And this fulfillment of the indwelling presence did not take place until Jesus died, went to the Holy of Holies in heaven with his blood, presented his blood as the sacrifice for humanity's sin, the penalty was paid for all the sins of the human race. Then the Holy Ghost was released. And he came back after that presentation in John chapter 20. Let's quickly look at it. John chapter 20. Now take note of these scriptures because they are very important to your life. They are very important for you to understand the process of how the Holy Spirit functions. You are not just saying it by experience. You can explain it from scriptures. John chapter 20, John chapter 20, verses 21 and 22. 
Glory be to God. Oh, are you getting something today? So then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my father had sent me, so have I sent you. Okay? Verse 22 now. Verse 22. Glory be to God for the technical department. And when he had said this, what did he do? He breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. That's salvation there. That was the first time the Holy Ghost came back to live and dwell in the human race. Up until this time, it never happened. Up until this time, the Spirit of God never came to live on the inside. The Spirit was upon people. The Spirit could move upon people. There were offices the Spirit of God abided on. Praise God, the priest, the king, and the prophet in the Old Testament. Those were offices that the Spirit of God could come and abide or stay on them, but never lived on the inside of them. It was until the price, the penalty of sin, what drove the Spirit out of man in the first place, until that price was fully paid in the tabernacle in heaven. Until that time, the spirit was not permitted to enter back into the human race. So this time, the spirit came back to the human race. Praise God. And that is when the term born again could now be used in the human race. So that's the spirit dwelling, indwelling spirit of a living God in the human race. This is when you can say now the disciples are now born again. That was when they were regenerated by the Holy Ghost, according to Titus 3, verse 5. Are you getting something today? Good. So the promise of the Holy Spirit now came. Now, that's, this experience is different. This experience is the indwelling. It was after this that he still told them to go and wait until they be endued with power from on high. So the spirit was first in them, but there is another provision for all believers. And of course, you know, in the world you live in today, some believers do not accept the infilling of the Holy Ghost. They feel that, oh, they've got all the Holy Ghost they need at salvation. That I don't need to speak in tongues. I don't need that experience. Praise God. That's not to say they're not children of God. They're just walking in ignorance. That's all it means. And uh, sometimes we need to help such. Amen? Some of us too have been hard nuts. But we thank God for the Holy Ghost. Who opened us up for this experience. So let's talk a little bit about the power on high. It's a separate experience. Praise God. In Luke 24, 49. Luke 24, 49. Can you put that on the screen? I hope you are following these scriptures. Glory be to God. And behold, I send you the promise of my Father upon you. Listen, it's called the promise of the Father here. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with what? 
power from on high. This was after they have received the Holy Ghost. He said, still go and wait until you be endued with power from on high. You are going on this journey of reconciling men back to God. He said, look, I am not, uh, I don't guarantee this going. This was Jesus telling them, I don't guarantee it. They have been in the best Bible school for the past three and a half years. They were under his tutelage. He said, I don't still guarantee this going. You will wait until you be endued with what? Power from on high. Then you can go. That tells you immediately one functionality of the power of the spirit of God. The spirit of porn is for assignment. The spirit for within is for the individual, is for your life. The fruit of the spirit is for you to generate joy. It's for you to generate. Are you listening to what I'm saying? It's for personal development, the spirit within. But the spirit of porn is for global impact. You won't be able to do much more if you don't have the spirit of porn. They won't be able to do much for the kingdom, much for your world that you are ordained to impart. It's like having a well and having a river. A well can serve your domestic needs. But if the whole community will come and fetch water in your well, that well will soon be dry. But when you have a river, even bring tankers, bring everything. The river keeps on flowing. Do you understand? So when you have the spirit of God, it's like it's for service. It's for the whole world. Praise God. So that's the difference. That's the major difference between the spirit within and the spirit of God. Praise God. He said, wait. Until you be endued with power from on high. Wait until you be endued with power from on high. The spirit upon releases power into your life. Praise God. It releases what? Power. When you want to live a life of power, uh-huh, you need the spirit upon. It's for assignment. It's for you to begin to live in power. Everybody say power. So in Acts chapter 1, verses 5 and 8. Let's speak it like that. First give me verse 5, then you give me verse 8. Are you still with me tonight? Glory be to God. I've said to myself, no rushing tonight. We'll just take it as it comes. So that, because these teachings... I've discovered if you don't take your time to teach it these days, the 21st century, the, the believer will be so confused. They'll be so confused. Because sometimes, again, it's not the fault of the believers of the 21st century. Sometimes the fault of the pulpit not taking time to teach. Praise God. Some of the Pentecostals today, the only thing they know is demonstration and manifestation. Come to scripture, nothing. Come to scripture, explain these things, break it down. No. 
But they know the manifestation. We can fall under the anointing. We can do all the manifestation. But where is the fundamental? Where is the scripture? Where is the foundation? Okay. That's why it's in Bible study. You must know and understand this. Is. Because again, different doctrines are flowing out there. Confusing people all over the place. And you must know the scriptures. Because you shall know the truth. And the truth will do what? Will set you free. You don't have to bother when you know the truth. Okay, verse 5. John truly baptized you with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. And verse 8 of the same Acts chapter 1 verse. But ye shall receive what? Power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Look at that word, upon. Did you see that word, upon? Very important. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in Judea, and in Samaria, unto the uttermost part of the earth. Praise God. Praise the Lord. He said, you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. And ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you will be witnesses, and so on and so forth. Now, notice the word upon. In both Luke chapter 24 and verse 49. Look at it again. 24, 49. I want you to look at upon here. Can you see upon here in this Acts 1, 8? Then let's go to Luke 24, uh, 40, 49. 24, 49. Yeah, 49. And behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Until you be endued with power from on high. But look at what is called. It's called the promise of the Father. Is that correct? The promise of the Father upon you. The promise of the Father. The promise of the Father upon, you didn't see that. Did you see it? The promise of the Father upon you. What is the promise of the Father upon you? Upon you? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come from on high. But it's the promise of the Father upon me. Here is called the promise of the Father. Praise God. Now, Acts 1.8 is also referring to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Put Acts 1.8 there. But you shall receive, you shall receive what? Power. After the Holy Ghost has come upon me. So, the Spirit will come upon. That's what I'm trying to show you. You see, it's different from spirit within. But this one will come upon you. And one thing that characterizes it is power. Power will come upon you. Praise God. So there's work of the Holy Spirit that comes, I mean, that, that comes upon the believer. This Holy Spirit coming upon believers 
is to endure believers with power. With power. With power. Just as the spirit within in new birth is a definite experience, the spirit upon also is a definite experience. Praise God. This one, the spirit upon, will give you power. Everybody say power. It gives you power. Now, not only were the 120 people who first received this thing, received it, but it was not only for them. It was also for disciples that will come after. It was not just for the first 120 that received it. It's for, it was for also believers that will come after. In Acts, in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, let us look at that again. Thank you, Jesus. Acts 2, 1 to 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Somebody said, what was the first car the early disciples drove? He said it was Honda Accord. I said, ah, Honda Accord had not come to the world when they were saying, then the person opened uh, Acts 2, 1 for me. He said they were all in one accord. So it must have been a Honda Accord. I said, that's a good one. Praise God. Uh, we were in university then about 30 years ago. I can never forget. So anytime I read that scripture, I will, record, I will remember the one Accord joke. Amen. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as one of the mighty rushing wind, and it filled all the house, and they were sitting. Verse 3. And there prayed unto them, clothing tongues like that of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. That's the promise of the Father. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them Utterance. They were baptized with the Holy Ghost. What an experience. Praise the Lord. So there is also a genuine infilling of the Holy Ghost, which believers can receive today, which is also a definite experience, just like when we had the Holy Ghost come on the inside of us. The world, listen to me, the world cannot receive the Holy Ghost. The world cannot receive the Holy Ghost. The world cannot receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. What they can receive is baptism into Christ. What they can receive is salvation for their soul. It is not possible for a, for a non-believer to just start speaking in tongues. It is not possible. It has, it has to, if he's speaking in tongues, it's in other tongue. Praise God. He has to first give his or her life to Christ. Do you get that now? Otherwise, some people will say, oh, uh, somebody was not born again. He started speaking in tongues. Mm! That's not scripture. Don't let them start speaking in tongues. Amen? Demons too have their own tongue. I hope you know. Uh -huh. So, the one who has not received Christ cannot receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. 
the qualification for baptism of the Holy Ghost is first of all Christ. The indwelling spirit must be in place. Amen. Praise God. Uh-huh. I just broke some people's uh, theology there. Jesus called the outpouring of the Holy Ghost the promise of the Father. We saw that in Luke 24, 49 and Acts 1, 4. Peter also spoke concerning the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 2, he called it using the phrase, the promise of the Holy Ghost or the gift of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. They are all referring to the same thing. Let's look at Acts chapter 2, verse 32 and 33. Acts 2, 32 and 33. This Jesus hath God raised upon, raised up, wherefore we are all witnesses. And verse number 33. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he had shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. So the promise God gave, according to Peter, is the promise of the Holy Ghost. And did it come to pass? Yes. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 39. Here Peter said, Repent and be ye baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sin, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. For the promise is unto you and your children and to all those that are far off. Jesus promised in Luke 24, 49, concerning what's being endued with power from on high. And also the Holy Spirit has been here ever since the believers came to be. What am I trying to say? The Holy Spirit has been around ever since the day of Pentecost. We don't need to pray for Holy Spirit to come again. I said that in the last one where we were talking about the Spirit within. What do we need to do to the Holy Ghost? Is to receive him. Just receive. The Holy Ghost is already around. So we received him. Praise God. I want to quickly say something before I bring it to a close today. When the church of Jesus Christ started, I think I said it in our talking, but let me just quickly summarize it. Some people say that the church started on the day of Pentecost, that it was on the day the Holy Spirit broke out and people started speaking in tongues, that that's the day the church started. Not exactly. The church started one, about 120 days before that time. The church started when Jesus appeared to the disciples and breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. That's when the church started. Because for the first time, the miracle of salvation had now come to be. People now had the spirit of God living on their inside. Human beings for the first time became carriers of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. 
So that's the day, the day that uh, you can say the new creation started. Second Corinthians 5.17. Put it on the screen. He said, anyone in Christ is what? It's a new creation. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This was the time the newness of life came to be. Now, where was Judas here? Who can tell me where Judas was at this stage? You remember I gave them a promising note of salvation. Did Jesus tell them about this experience? Did he tell them that something is going to take place? The Holy Ghost is going to come and live inside of you. Did he tell them? Yes, he did. John 14, that's what we have been reading since. John 14, 16, and 17. He said the Holy Ghost will be with you and be in you. He's coming. That was when he was introducing the Holy Spirit, that I have to go. If I do not go, another comforter will not come, and so on and so forth. Praise God. And that's how they now became people who have, or they became custodians of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. I said praise God. So something happened to the disciples when Jesus breathed on them. Because after Jesus ascended, even before the day of Pentecost, the Bible says that the disciples returned to Jerusalem with great joy. So so the miracle of salvation had started. Great joy was on them already. Great joy was upon them. How did they get the joy? How did they get the joy? Holy Spirit was in them because they have received the Holy Ghost. Praise God. They have received the Spirit of God on the inside of them. So great joy was available. Part of what was in the Spirit of God is joy, is peace, is patience, is long-suffering. Do you understand? All those things are in the Spirit. So they could manifest joy because joy was already in their spirit. But at this stage, they had not received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in new tongues. Oh, bro, that's good teaching tonight. That's good teaching. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So after they got born again, then they moved on to start waiting for the Holy Ghost to come. Praise God. And they stayed and endured until they were endued with power from on high. So there is more to the Holy Ghost after the new birth. This has become a debate for a long time in the body of Christ. Many people think you have received all you need to receive in the Holy Ghost when you give your life to Christ. There are some people, there are some churches that believe strongly in that, that you have received all the Holy Ghost that you need. There is no need for another spirit upon or or deliberately waiting for another experience. Some people teach that. But that's not correct. The question is, are you hungry for more of God? Are you hungry for more or you are satisfied with just being the local champion of yourself? Do you want more? Are you hungry for God? Then if you are hungry for God, then you need to go for more of God. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And that's why you must deepen yourself in the Holy Ghost. You must deepen yourself in it. 
a man of, uh, he was in full gospel, full gospel fellowship here in the United States. This happened about, let's say, four decades ago or five decades ago. I read it in a book. And I read it actually in several books because it was a known thing to the Pentecostal movement then. Praise God. And something happened. Uh, this man of God was teaching. And as he was teaching, he belonged to the Episcopal priesthood. Uh, they believed in also speaking in new tongues. And uh, he was talking about the Holy Spirit. He was talking about the Spirit upon. And as he was preaching, there was one denominational preacher that ran through the aisle. It's just like I'm preaching now. And somebody else ran through the aisle. And also said, I have the Holy Ghost as much as you have the Holy Ghost. And I don't speak in tongues. And I don't want to ever speak in tongues. You can imagine, in the middle of the service, somebody to come out at that. And because it was, there was a great divide in those days. Baptism of the Holy Spirit was speaking in tongues. There were some people. Huh? I think there's a member of the church, this church who was telling me a story. Yes, it was Minister Peter. When they started speaking in tongues in their own church, they bundled them. They carried them like this. They, they threw them outside. You, you dare not speak that language in this place. And they carried. But in that same church today, glory be to God, all of them are tonguing Christians now. Amen. That's why you don't give up. So this man came and, and he stopped the whole meeting. He said, this is so, 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 and so, and so, and so. I also, I'm a Christian, and I'm as born again as you are, and uh, I have the whole, the Holy Ghost I need to have, and I don't need to speak in tongues because uh, uh, I don't want to even ever speak in new tongues. So the man said, oh, are you satisfied with your life the way you are? He said, yes, I'm satisfied. And this and the man said again, okay, are you hungry for more of God? Yeah, I feel I'm hungry for more of God. So it's okay that we agree on that point that you are hungry for more of God. And he asked the person to just kneel down. And I believe that we can just pray together and, uh, uh, and then uh, uh, we'll see. Just tell God your desires and what have you and so on and so forth. You know, before the man got up there, he was speaking in tongues. He spoke in tongues so much that going back to his seat, he was speaking in tongues. He wanted to say something in English. Uh -huh. So that's just a way sometimes, God. I mean, in the, in, in the heavy days, it's, uh, it's like that. Praise God. It's like that. I remember different occurrences in this church. Many of the people I look at, you start them speaking in tongues in this church. Praise God. Uh, okay, let me not talk about you that you are here. Let me talk about another person. I remember your wife, Benga's wife. Praise God. She's a Catholic convert. In fact, their own Catholicism is very deep. You think they are first cousins to the Pope. Praise God. Very deep. Hallelujah. Uh, say, I'm Catholic. I said, yes. Even Mary, the mother of Jesus, was at the upper room. And spoke in tongues. And said, just believe God. She said, yeah. I laid hands on her. And she started speaking. I said, what are you saying? She said, mm, I don't know. <laughs> okay. I laid hands on her again. 
Starts with, he started everything in tongues. I said, what is happening to you? What are you saying? He said, I don't know, Pastor. Okay, say something. <laughs> Praise God. It's always fun. The Holy Ghost is real. Amen? It's real. And it's not just speaking in tongues, but for you to know the purpose of speaking in tongues. The word says, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you shall be what? Witnesses. That's the first thing. May you be a witness to the power of heaven. May you be a living witness to the power of heaven. The first encounter with the Holy Ghost is that you will be a witness. You'll be a witness by the power of the Holy Ghost. You can't be a witness without power. Amen? So when you are endued with power, I want you to know that your first responsibility goes beyond your immediate environment. It's for the assignment of God upon your life. Are you listening to me? Praise God. Whatever it is you believe God has called you to do, and even if you don't know what the God has called you to do yet, there is the general plan. Hello? A lot of people can be alive, can be in Christ, but you don't know the specific plan of God for your life. But I'm telling you, there is a general plan of God for your life. Even if you don't know the specific yet, start with the general. Everyone that is born of God, that is called of God, that is a child of God, your first ministry is the ministry of reconciliation. You should be actively involved in bringing others from their sin, bringing others from their iniquity, bringing others from their wrong path, their wrong ways into the ways of God. Do you li- are you listening to me? That's your first, that's your general, that's the general plan of God. The moment you are saved, you are to begin to save others. Praise God. And this is one of the things speaking in tongues will do for you. It will give you that boldness, hallelujah, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with those that are without. Amen. I said amen. Praise God. Praise God. A great man of God, you know I'm fond of him. I talk about him uh, almost every time. Uh, Because I must confess, he's a man that I read his story, his autobiography, and I said, if I live an ordinary life in this life, heaven will not forgive me. He's a great man of God that moved my life tremendously. Who can give a guess who I'm talking about? (laughs) <laughs> How you mentioned his name, some shivers ran down my, uh, down my, the bones in my body. Smith Wigglesworth, very great man of God. At the time in his life, he was one of those people who was the hard knot about speaking in tongues. He also did not quickly flow with the theory behind uh, speaking with new tongues. He also believed that once once one is saved, you have all the Holy Ghost you need. But all he wants is speaking in tongues. He believes that speaking in tongues is all he needs. So he will go to places. He will just say, 
All I want is give me those tongues. All I want is give me those tongues. And people started correcting him. That is not so. You need more of the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost you need. Ah, he said, no, I've got all the Holy Ghost I need. I just need tongues. So one day, he went to one of the preachers who was epi, 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 help me out. Episcopal, something like that. He went to his house. And the man went for a pastoral call. Then his wife was the one in the house. So he now said, oh, he needs his friend. He said, his friend is nothing. He said, but can you pray with me? I need that speaking in tongues. So the wife was trying to correct his doctrine again and saying that it's not the speaking in tongues you need. You need more of the Holy Ghost. It's when you are dipped in the Holy Ghost, you come with the evidence of speaking with new tongues. There are more things after that baptism of the Holy Ghost. He said, speaking in tongues is just one of the manifestations of that baptism. There are a lot of other things you get as a result of being dipped into the Holy Ghost. And well, it's just all he wants is the Holy Ghost. Okay. So he said, he knelt down and the pastor's wife was praying with him. So as she was praying, just as she started praying with him, the doorbell rang. So he, she wanted to go and get the doorbell. Meanwhile, what they only said is, Lord, I'm hungry for more of you. More of the Holy Ghost in my life. More of the Holy Ghost in my life. More of the Holy Ghost in my life. As she went to get the doorbell, according to his story, he said he saw a vision. And in the vision, he said he saw the cross. And the cross was empty. The cross was sparkling clean. Then he started shouting from his spirit. He started shouting, clean, clean, I'm clean, clean, I'm clean, clean, I'm clean. And all of a sudden, boom, he just started speaking in tongues. He spoke in tongues so much that when it was time to go home, he said till he got home, he was praying in the spirit. When anybody say hello, if he wants to say hello back, he just say, Rika, ba, 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 ba. <laughs> Till he got home. Praise God. I think we've had enough for today. Hallelujah. Somebody is going for the spirit upon. Hallelujah. If you are that person, let me hear you shout amen. amen. Now, some of you have received the Holy Ghost. But why I want you to pay more attention to this is God is going to deepen you in the Holy Ghost. You see, the revelation and the understanding of the Holy Spirit upon, it deepens you. You see, you might have received the Holy Ghost by just experience, not by revelation. In the second layer of this teaching, which I believe next week, I'm believing God to take you deeper in the Holy Ghost. As you begin to know the purpose of it, the reason for it, the, 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 the revelation behind it, that you will go deeper in the understanding, in the knowledge, and in the manifestation of the Holy Ghost. One of the things that you will find so easy now, after this teaching, is for you to minister to the Holy Ghost to somebody 
will be so simple. Praise God. You will do it in the car. You will do it in the bus. Are you listening? You don't need to bring people to church because you'll be so conscious of what is on you now. Are you listening to me? And you will minister it with the doctrine of God's word. Hallelujah. Not, uh, uh, why do you have to lay hands on me? Ah, that's how we do it in our church. Oh. If I don't lay hands on you now, you know, it's, uh, not that way. You will be able to explain it, scripturally speaking. And you'll be able to bring people to the point and to the place where they can receive the Holy Ghost. Is that clear? Have you been blessed tonight? Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Glory be to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed by the word today. Please join our services live every Sunday, 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. and Bible study every Friday, 7 p.m. at 95 Church Street, St. Catharines. We hope you have a wonderful week ahead and God bless you.